Bokar Tov, we're continuing the third perek of, with the third perek of Tehillim. What happened in the first chapter of Tehillim? It was guidance for people to stay away from the acts of the wicked yes. and to cling to the Torah. Yes. The second chapter of Tehillim Continuation. Was, uh, more nation, it was more national in scope and it spoke about how the enemies of the Mashiach Hashem, of the anointed of God, are in over their heads with their intent to try to overtake the one who's chosen by God, for the one who's chosen by God has God on his side. Rather, those nations should try to learn to, to fear God even in moments of happiness. The third chapter is a very interesting one because it seems like it is definitely written by David Amelech. Yes, it says. I mean, it says explicitly, <laughs> David, this was a song to David when he ran away or when he was running away from Avshalom, his son. So if you want to know the backstory. Can you imagine? In the middle of running, he's writing. A... <laughs> all right. So, if you, so here, all right. So first of all, for the backstory on his running away from Avshalom, his son, look at the end of the book of Shemuel 2. Yes. We don't have it on the Navi podcast yet, but Ezra Hashem, soon. we'll get there. We'll get there eventually in some time. <laughs> There's, a, there's an interesting radak, amen. There's an interesting radak. If you look, it says, Mizmor le David, a song for David, when he was running away from Avshalom. What's the question there? What is there to sing about when you're running, when you're when you're running, running or when you're running for your life? So there are Midrashim, I think there's a Gemara that says that David was promised that he would have a rebellion in his, uh, or, or something like that in his house. And then he was scared that it was going to be some random person who's going to have no mercy on him and then all of a sudden he sees that it's his son who's having rebel who's, re- who's the one who is rebelling and he says ah god told me i'm going to have rebellion in my midst and it turns out to be my son baruch hashem that it's someone that innately will have some mercy on me but that's midrash what was what the peshat according to the radak he says these mizmorim david amelech may have written something at the time when he was running away from Avshalom. But when was it converted into a Mizmor? After. It was converted by the Leviim in the Bet Mikdash into a Mizmor way after the event. Okay? So the Radak says, the, the, it's not a Mizmor necessarily at the time of the incident. It's a Mizmor when it becomes sung by the Leviim in the Bet Mikdash. So even things which seem like they're things that may not be sing-worthy topics are going to be called Mizmorim. Mm. So long as the Levim would use them in the Bet Mikdash and use them in in, uh, in song, okay. So it's a very it's a print, it's a it's a foundational radak to yeah. understanding a lot of the prakim. Well, then then would say mizmor shir if they would sing it. I mean, uh, it's true. Are, no, that's the way. But it doesn't here. So right here it doesn't. Here it says psalm. That's yeah. that's it. Okay. Adonai marabut sarai rabim kamim alai. God, how numerous are my tormentors? Many have risen up against me. So this is also uh, a Rabbim Kamim Alai. Many have risen up against me. There's actually machloket, an argument or a discussion, how to translate that word. Is it, is Rabbim that are coming up against David, is it talking about great men or is it talking about many men? Because Rabbim could mean the great ones or it could mean the many. Okay, so that's also something to keep in mind. Or could, be or could be qualitative or quantitative. That's the way yes. the discussion is. I think Rashi says it's the great ones and Radak says it's the many. But nevertheless, in times of distress, David feels like many have come, or not it's only... Normal. It's normal. When you are in distress... His son is one of these. 
When you are in distress, you think everybody is against you. This is a psychological. Right. It's a psychological. Uh, yeah. So pasuk right. three, Rabbi Momerim Lenafshi. Many people are are saying about me, about my soul, about my prospects for living. There is no salvation for him in God at all. That's an interesting pasuk. Wow. What is David saying? People have have risen up against me. And everybody's and against me. They're against me and they're saying that there is no hope for me. Which why is that so bad if there's no hope for David? Because the reason people whenever people see that let's say in Afshalom's rebellion, how do people know which side they should go to? How do people know which side they should be on? They look at the side which has better prospects, right? So if one side has a good chance of that's like the winner side. So if David Amelik's side is going to lose, uh-huh. which is what David seemed to be, seems to be admitting, that many people are saying, I'm going to lose, which means that the rebellion against me is going to grow and grow and grow. Okay? So many are saying about me that there is no salvation for my soul. Selah. Now, what does the word selah mean? This is another foundational yes. discussion to have. If you learn Tehillim, you're going to see the word selah many times. Yes. So what does the word selah mean? So the word Selah can mean one of num- uh, numerous things. The word Selah could mean forever. Yes. It could mean that there's no hope for my soul forever. Okay, that's the most traditional explanation of the word Selah. However, if you translate Selah as forever, there are going to be times when it's going to be very forced. Another interpretation, and I'm forgetting who says what, but, but uh, this is all found in the Rishonim. Another interpretation for Selah is... It's a confirmation of the statement that was made before. Yes, so Selah means whatever I just said, it is true. It is a, con- a confirmation. It's a myth. Okay? I have such a deja vu moment from the first time we did the Remember we on the Okay, finally, the last interpretation. That was, I think, the Ibn Ezra. The final interpretation is found in the Radak, and this is a fascinating one. He says Selah is actually a musical uh, oh. Note. Oh. Selah is when the Levi was singing in the Beit Hamikdash. On the steps. Selah means at this point you have to go high. Um. Okay, so the Radak says it's some form of musical crescendo. Whenever you know what a crescendo is, yes, whenever yes, yes, it's yes. louder. It's Italian. Louder, crescendo louder. is Italiano. Okay, so I don't have to explain anything. Okay, so the Radak. So it could be one of three things. It could be Selah could mean forever. Selah could mean confirmation of what was just said, or it is simply a musical, inst- a musical note that pertains more to the musical side of Tehillim, which obviously we don't have so much, uh, we, we don't know so much about. Okay? But, Hashem, you, Hashem, protect me. You are my glory, and you lift my head. Now, I want to point out to you another thing in, in reading Tehillim. We see this a lot in Tehillim. Yes. I'm going to translate for you straight, and then you tell me what the problem is. And you, Hashem, protect me, my glory, uh, lift my head, and lift my head. Now, what's missing? It's a, the translation here says, and you, Hashem, protect me, you, Hashem, are my glory, and you, Hashem, lift my head. But the, the text, the Hebrew only says, says You Hashem uh, protect me my, gra- my, my glory And you lift my head So you could think that it's just uh, Protect my, so, my glory So it's, um, all I'm pointing out here Is that there's a grammatical rule uh, Grammatical rule in Tehillim That happens very often it, Whenever you see the, the verb is attributed to a noun In the first part of a sentence 
that verb could be reapplied in any of the, later in the parts of, of the sentence as well. Sense, yes. So whenever it says Ve'ata Adonai, you Hashem, Magen, Magen Badi, right? So the verb was applied to the noun in that first yes. in that first uh, sentence. Yes. So you could drag that again, noun again and, and have glory. those the, the later the the the, the verb Ve'ata reapplied Ve'ata to the yes, yeah yes, yeah. Yes. So, so it's Ve'ata Adonai. Magen Kevodi. Magen You Hashem, you protect my glory. Ve'ata Adonai Merim Roshi. You keep dragging that Ve'ata Adonai Magen, or yeah, you keep dragging that Ve'ata Adonai Magen from the beginning of the sentence to the later parts of the sentence. Um, and this is it's a, there's a technical word for it. No, it's in a lot. It's in the more of the poetic, poetic books of the books Tanakh. Of, okay. okay, so see, but it's most you see it most in the Tanakh. If check in the Radak on that pasuk, pasuk Dalid. If Radak or Ibn Ezra are going to use the term, I think it's Moshech Imo Vacherim. No, I'm, I'm looking for the grammatical. That's an uh, per, interpret, interpretive Radak. That, that, that's the one. Look at what he says in Kevodi. I think it's the next one. Okay. So you see how the Radak did that? He yeah. said the Magen. The, the, the verb that's being described with God is being, sorry, I, I misspoke. It's not the, it's the verb, verb. That, that's used by the noun the gets applied to all of, the, all of the things that are later in the sentence. Magen, all of the other nouns. Hey, but he, they're looking at Ibn Ezra on Kibodi. See if he uses a technical term for it. To get this, is it nice? That's serious. That's a Rolls Royce. I graduated yet. I'm definitely not. Uh, Keep going, keep going. Now, now go to, um, okay, he's not explaining what it is. Okay, so there's a technical term. I think it's called Moshech Imo Ve'acherim or something like that. Okay, uh, but but it's a, it's a very common thing in Tehillim to keep an eye out for. I cry out my voice to God and he answers me from his, uh, from his holy mountain, Selah. So he always answers me, or he's going to answer me, confirm that he's going to answer me. It's a met. It's a met. I lay down and I sleep. And I awoke because the Lord sustains me. Meaning whenever I cry out to Hashem and He answers my tefillot, and because now I know that God protects me, it allows me to sleep wow. and to wake up for, go- for the Lord sustains me. Also another thing is that you could interpret it as I sleep. But the only reason I'm waking up, despite the fact that I have many, many people on my case, is because God is protecting me. Meaning at the time that I'm most vulnerable, when I sleep, the only reason I'm, al- I'm alive on the tail end of that nap, yeah, or in that sleep, is because God is protecting me. I shall have no fear of the myriads of the people that surround me, of the multitudes that, that surround me, that surround me and they go up against me. I will not have fear of the people who surround me and go up against me. Now, is David Amelech not scared? Yes, sure he is. Of course he's scared. So I what is he, he saying? He's saying that because Hashem, because Hashem is protecting me. So what I think he, what I think he does also is, is, is the way David in his what's so beautiful about his tefillot about these mismorim. making God his protector. Is is he's he's. In a way, he states verbally the things that he wants to be true. Right? Of course, David had fear. Of course, David is afraid when he's being chased by the multitudes. But he says, I'm going to rely on you, Hashem. I'm going to pray to you. You're going to answer my tefillot. And I'm not going to fear. 
I'm not going to fear the people that are chasing me. It's almost like he's therapeutically. Yes, exactly. He's therapeutically strengthening them. And then you ask, why do we read Tehillim? It's like affirmation. For the same reason. It's very similar to like what people do affirmations every morning. They say, oh, I am successful, I am good, I am happy, this and that. So David Amelech, he does a very good job of verbalizing his wishes. And his hopes for his for his emunah to strengthen to become strengthened. So he, he uh, yeah he, he therapeutically what, did, what was why, it for you? You said it very nicely. Therapeutically strengthens emunah, but that's that's I'll, I'll tell you you're not gonna like this. But they, they say they say they say for the masses those that don't understand Taylor and they're just reading it randomly, they should at least have that kavanah that. The same way David Melch was in distress, whatever distress you're having, have in mind that. I don't think that's bad. Why, why would he say I'm not like this? I trust that's, in that's you. That's like Hashem. a one line thing that when you. Very minimum on your. I trust, I trust in Hashem. Right. Okay. Pasuk 8. Kuma Adonai. Now get up, Hashem. Arise, Hashem. Get up is, a, is not as nice a word. Yes. Arise, Hashem. Yes. Save me, my God. For you have smitten my enemies on the cheek. That's just a typical uh, phrase used yes. for, for striking down the enemies. You've broken the teeth of the wicked. So please arise, save me, and, and destroy the people who are chasing me or the people who are wicked, which are all the same. For God is this, for God belongs salvation. Your blessing is upon your people. Sela again. Okay, so we saw the word Sela three times. Okay, so to summarize the psalm, summarize this, this mizmor right before we go. David Melech, in times of distress, in time when he was running away from Avshalom, writes about how while he's being chased by the great multitudes by the great ones or the, or the multitudes of people that are against him and all those people are going to the other side because they think David is toast and there's no hope for him. So they go to his, to his uh, opposition side. He has faith in Hashem and he knows that he won't be destroyed because he knows God will protect him. He, knows, he asks God to smite down his enemies and, and this blessing that David will have, that his enemies will be smitten down, will also apply to all, these people. All of Am Israel who have faith in Borei Olam. Baruch Adonai Olam. Amen. 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 Amen.